Welcome to Inside the Monster with Steve Peralt and Joey Capone. Welcome to episode 41 of the official Red Sox podcast, Inside the Monster, presented by Odyssey with myself, Steve Peralt, and Joey Capone. The trade deadline has come and gone. The Red Sox made some moves, and the general consensus is they got a little bit better. But by golly, Joey, do Red Sox fans have a lot of varied reactions to what happened. How you doing, Joey? I'm doing all right, man. Yeah, kind of all over the place. Everybody uh, has has pretty mixed feelings. Some heartstrings got tugged on yesterday, and then some major relief came in, coming today. JD sticking around, Evaldi sticking around, but but still an air of oh okay we're done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still like is that is that all? I think generally speaking. First off, shout out to everybody that joined the IG live. We did a trade deadline IG live. That was a lot of fun. Shout out to the chat. A lot of comments in the chat. That was great. But, Joey, overall, I think for the fan base, there is a portion of the Red Sox fan base that is going to hate Heim Bloom regardless of what he does. That is just, oh, Heim this, right. Heim that, blah, blah. He stinks. He doesn't know what he's doing, blah, blah. This deadline is not going to change your opinion on that. You're still going to be like, blah, blah, blah. Heim stinks, blah, blah. And they sound like that. So I don't think it's going to change their opinion. I don't think this deadline vastly changes the big-time homers, which at times I can be one. I don't think it changes their opinion. I think this deadline more does stuff for people that are rational and kind of maybe a little out on the Red Sox or a little in on the Red Sox. I think it kind of makes them all not know how to feel. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I think the the naysayers the big loud Heim sucks crowd, I think you can just silence them. You know, I think it's pretty clear to see just from the way tweets are worded, like, oh, okay, you're one of, okay, you're of that brigade. Like, you're of that elk. And, yeah. Yeah. Anybody who uh, kind of already has their mind made up before the pieces are laid out in front of them, either way, you know, I think it's just, it, that's like an indication of a, of a dummy. You know, it's like, I like cake and I don't need to taste it. I know it's good. Like, well, have you tried this cake? You know, like maybe try like the facts, try the evidence before you just like come to a, a conclusion. Um, but honestly, man, I could see realistic fans and educated fans, people who are tuned in, still walking away with two different opinions. And I think you and I, we haven't like really dove into it. We touched on it in the live, but I believe that you and I are in somewhat different places. Yeah. And I, I think there's different. a lot of I think there's a lot of uh, people in the know who are still going to feel different ways about this man. I think it's I think this is just a situation where time's going to tell, where we'll be able to look back at this in however long and say whether or not this was a success or a failure of a deadline. But I, there's no clear answer from anybody. I mean, you can have your opinion, but there's no objective truth to this one. I don't think. Other than like yeah, you we're said, gonna they got a little better. They, I think they got a little better. I think overall, a team that is three games out of a postseason spot got a little better. A farm system that has improved since Haim got here got a little better. And I want to make it clear. 
Joey and I do the official Red Sox show. That never for a second or a millisecond has any impact on how we feel about the team. Like if I if I thought this deadline sucked, I would just say the deadline sucked. I think overall, I mean you and I were we we're parading about Jake Diekman being gone. I know, <laughs> like we I know, were, and we'll try. Oh, yeah. Joey, we'll get it's into okay that. To, I, I, yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that. But I just yeah. think overall, like, off the top, I got B minus. What do you got for a grade? I also have a B minus. Yeah. So it it feels exactly about that, right. and I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Put a tweet out there for the listeners. Of the trade deadline has come and gone. What are your thoughts on the moves and non-moves by the Red Sox? We got happy overall, a little confused by the Vasquez deal, but I do like what this team looks like. Bloom got lucky with Hosmer. Should have had an MLB first baseman all year. That's fair. Totally agree with that. Really like the Hosmer deal. McGuire is a great piece to have since he's under control, but this team desperately needed bullpen help, and avoiding that is a huge issue. Also fair. Adding all these prospects and not trading J.D. and Evaldi just puts more pressure on the team to not screw up this offseason. Also fair. I think, if anything, Joey, it keeps the ball rolling, right? It's not – this is not any uh, long-term altering moves that were made. This is Mm -hmm. – now it really comes down to – and and we're obviously still going to hope that they make the postseason. We'll still be pulling for – a potential postseason run, however unlikely that may be, where Sox guys were pulling for that. But now the offseason is, like, really big. And I know they told Xander they weren't going to trade him, but now we know they didn't trade him. There's, there's, those are two different things as well. So it's like, mm-hmm. all right, they actually didn't deal him because that would have been a whole nightmare. And now you're in a position where there's a lot to sift through. And, Joey, we should just start with Christian Vasquez. Yeah. I think we start right off, right off the top here. Right. I think that's a fine place to start, dude. No better place than the beginning. Uh, the beginning. Where were you? We're all going to remember where we were. Where were you? I was just, I was right here. I was in this seat. I was in this seat. I honestly, Joey, was taking a mm-hmm. brief break. I was taking a little bit of a break. I was mm-hmm. going to have some Pringles. I was going to oh, have no. some Pringles and a DC. And then I saw that and I immediately was like, can't be having these Pringles because then my fingers are going to, I can't tweet with Pringle fingers. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, no. number one right rule into of Twitter. It. But the initial reaction when Vasquez got dealt, I genuinely was like, "Oh no, I'm selling like abort mission. This is here it comes. Come. Here mm-hmm. it comes. It, it genuinely felt like, oh, bet JD's and you know, thirty minutes away, and then Evaldi's going to get scratched from his Monday start, mm-hmm. and on and on we go. Sure enough, Vasquez ends up being the biggest piece that they dealt. And he's a guy that went on Monday, so it made you kind of feel like, uh-oh, it's going to be, you know, this is going to be what happens for the next 24 hours. And Passon went on SportsCenter and said, tomorrow, from what I hear, is going to be a very busy day for the Red Sox. Yeah. Which is just saying, hey, J.D. and Nate are gone tomorrow, just so you know. So I was ready for it, it all day. It implies it. Doesn't it imply it? It implies it a little bit, right? One hundred. He. That's exactly what he was saying without saying it. That's what it implies. But here's the deal. I. The reason why this deadline is awkward is because of the position the Red Sox are in. The Sox put themselves in this position. The injuries put themselves in this position. They're three games out, and they were listening to offers about JD. They were listening to offers about Evaldi, at least reportedly. So which I don't think is a bad thing. I think anytime you have two months of control left of a guy, you're going to listen to offers. That's just what's going to happen. That's natural. Mm -hmm. And big picture, I'm sure Haim looked at this as, okay, we traded our franchise catcher. 
We got a catcher back. I genuinely don't think he thinks Vasquez would have been the difference one way or another if they made the postseason or not compared to whatever the difference is going to be with Ploiecki and McGuire. So he still looked at today. Heim woke up Tuesday morning probably unsure of what the team's postseason hopes were going to be by 6 p.m. I don't mm-hmm. think he knew one way or another. It was going to, I think, always come down to what the return was going to be. Yeah. So that's what makes the Vasquez move frustrating. Because I think a lot, a lot of people are going to say, you know, I'm not going to dance behind that. I'm not going to hide behind that. I was about to say, oh, some people might feel this way. No, this is how I feel. I'm frustrated that Vasquez is gone without having a real sell going on. It, it felt multi-directional. It felt like, okay, we're going to sell, and then woke up the next day and didn't like the offers, so went, decided to go and buy a little bit. And that that's frustrating, because it's like, okay, well, then what was the point in, in moving Vasquez? Why not add Fam, add Hosmer, and there you go. You have an extra outfielder. You, you fixed your first base problem. You got a veteran guy in there who can kind of bridge the gap into you know the next year or two until Cassis comes up. You get him for free. We'll get into into the details of that we'll deal, but that. like you, yeah. you get him for free. I'm sure if Heim could take back the Vasquez one, do, do you, he would right? Because no, I don't think what so. you got today, do you think the the return for Vasquez is is worth it when you're getting a team that really you're you're saying you believe it enough that can compete, right? Like you just added, you just added to your team and kept guys who you only have two months of control over. So you're saying these guys. This is these is this is my squad. This is who I'm rolling into October with. I think these guys can do it. Minus Vasquez, isn't that weird? It's not. It's not the full picture though, because from Heim's perspective, and I'm just speaking on how he goes about business. He got the 12th and 21st ranked Astros prospects for two months of Christian Vasquez and brought a catcher in. So I think Heim looks at this as the difference between Ploiecki and McGuire to Vasquez is not enormous. It, there is a gap, but that gap is not going to dictate whether or not he. I don't think he thinks that gap is going to dictate whether they make the playoffs or not. So the difference being, he got two top twenty prospects from the Astros for two months of Vasquez. I'm just saying that's how he looks at it. Now, if you're a fan and you don't like that, that's fine. But I think that's genuinely how Haim is looking at this. And Joey, I'm not as far from you as you think I am. I would have rather they not traded Vasquez. Because what we talked about on the live is you never know what you're going to get from these prospects. It's always a roll of the dice. And I think from Heim's perspective, a big part of it, and who knows, maybe this won't happen, but I think a big part of accumulating these prospects is to be able to use them in a deal, cumulatively add them up to get proven big league talent at some point. But you had proven big league talent. You had a guy who's hitting 280, who's been here his whole career. But it's two months of it. The two months part is what matters here. And he's what, 34, 33? Ba- like, Vasquez, he's probably what, 31, 32? Around there? Let's find out. He's it's like, it's not 31. like he's going to be seeking he's- huge money, 31. Wow, that's so much younger than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, th- but then that, th- that brings the discussion of Vasquez even mentioned in the presser that he'd be open to coming back to the Red Sox. I'm sure the Red Sox would be open to exploring that. So I think Haim is like, I got two top 20 prospects for two months of Christian Vasquez, and I brought a catcher back that can fill in. It just seems like two different directions, though, because taking in prospects is saying I'm building for the future. 
bringing in guys to plug immediate holes and keeping other guys that you only have two months of control over says we're going for it right now. They were never really going to here's, – here's the awkward part of all this. I don't think Haim was ever going to make a drastic move at the deadline, and I don't really think he did. <laughs> I don't think any – if JD got moved, that's, mm-hmm. that's quasi-drastic. That's like a – okay, I, I'm saying drastic within the determination of what the season goal is this year. Mm-hmm. If you trade JD, I think it's pretty clear that'll do it. If you deal him and Vasquez, that's – I think saying that'll do it. I genuinely think from Haim's perspective, dealing Vasquez for two top 20 Astros prospects and bringing an MLB catcher back, not from Houston, obviously, from Chicago, and the Deakman deal, he's looking at that like, all right, you guys really want to make the postseason this year? You can. I am allowing you to. And any move I made should make our farm system better. I think it made the MLB team a little better. But it's not anything drastic. Nothing drastic happened at the deadline. But but now also do it with a catcher with a five fifty or five forty six OPS. Oh, the catcher spot's going to have the least production now. There's no getting past that part of it. The catcher it's spot just weird is now to plug up. Be, like okay, our first base has been a big hole. Let's plug it up. Like we get a a major leaguer proven. He has a great history at Fenway. I'll let you spell out those numbers. Holy cow! And like yeah. an outfielder who can who has a lot of big league experience, you know, give these guys some days off. And also uh, now, now we just have like a new hole that, yeah, it's, it used to be a really reliable spot clubhouse guy. Now we just get a brand new guy. The clubhouse some, guy some is, that's a that's sneaky. The biggest part of this. I think that's, that's the thing that kind of rattled Xander a little bit. Uh, JD yesterday. I think these guys collectively, hate that Vasquez is gone for how much he meant to the vibes of the clubhouse and the team and all that. Um, 100%. Production-wise, I don't think... From your catcher spot, you're never really going to get much. But and you did. Had, you were getting a lot. You had like one of the best offensive catchers in the game. You were getting a good amount, Joey. I'm not... See, I can't get to where you're at with this. I'm just not going to get that. I'm not going to get that <laughs> like, upset about it. I'm more... I think... I it's understand... It's just weird to trade that in for a guy who's like... Like a 220 hitter. It's just, that's weird. If that was the move, and it was like, look, we're getting prospects. Everyone's getting dealt. I think I could swallow the Vasquez thing. It just seems like a misstep now because that wasn't the whole MO of the whole trade deadline. I don't think the MO was known. I think the biggest confusion from Sox fans, which is fair, and myself included, is it kind of seemed, I'm not going to say improvised, but I don't think they went into this deadline with a guaranteed plan. It was more, no. we're going to see, and I'm not saying that as a slight at Heim. The, the, the cheapies, the, the low blows at Heim are going to be that of like, what the hell is, what are we doing, yada, yada, yada. I think Heim goes about his business, goes about his job. Like, let me see, long picture, what's best for this team. And if he thinks bringing in two top 20 prospects for two months of Christian Vasquez while also getting a catcher from another, an MLB ready catcher from another team is worth it, he's going to do it. And that's what he did. I would have kept Vasquez. But I think, I'm just saying this is the reasoning of how Haim went about it. Now, I'm not like, oh my God, Vasquez is gone. Like, I, he could come back. I don't, now, do I think that's going to happen? Maybe five to 10% chance. But it's sure. not, yeah. I don't think it's this like, 
holy hell, what are we doing kind of thing. I just can't have this mega reaction when that's probably what Haim's logic was for the Christian Vasquez deal. The thing that bugged me the most was the reaction to how Vasquez got the news and the assumption that, like, Haim and the Sox, like, waited till BP and, like, did them dirty like that. Like, the deal, from what I had heard and then from what's, like, come out since then, the deal was done around, like, 1 o'clock. 1, 2, right around there. And BP doesn't start until, like, 4. But it, it got held up a little bit. And Cora was pretty well aware it was, like, almost finalized. And he let Vasquez know that, which is good that he gave him a heads up. And Christian wanted to go out there and do one last BP. And he did. Which is why, if you look at his body language out there with Xander and Plawecki, it's not like he looks stunned. He's, he's goofing around with Xander a little bit. He's pretty loose. It's not. He wasn't told by Chris Cotillo that he got traded. Like he he knew what the deal was. So Did, everyone jumping to that conclusion, I thought, was just like have a little bit more faith in these guys than that. Did you see the clip that? Are you? Did you just say Chris off the off the dome, or did no, you actually? Because I saw see that him clip? like walk up. You he did? was probably like, "Hey, can you talk about this?" So yeah. I, it did look like Chris Cotillo told. Sorry, Cotillo told Christian Vasquez he was getting traded though. Like there was that clip that. Visually, it did, yeah, did but really it really looked like that. Yeah, I I didn't jump to that conclusion, and then I saw the I think it was Catillo or some of these other guys had the tweet of like, no, Vasquez knew, and then he asked Cora, "Can I do another BP?" He's like, "Yeah, your family." So I think that was less awkward than it was made out to be. What you saw mm -hmm. though was was raw, right? What you saw mm -hmm. was a raw reaction of Christian, you know, having all the reporters around him. That's the first time that it's probably really hitting him that he's mm -hmm. not on the socks anymore. He's like, wait a second, like. Damn, like people know, like this is public now. I think it was more that reaction than anything else. But yeah, it feels yeah, a it sucks. Real. It, yeah, I think that's when it probably hit him that it was real. But no, I mean, there's no getting around it. It sucks that Christian Vasquez is gone. He was a very important mm. part of this team. I think I think underrated Joey. I don't I don't think Vasquez got enough credit when he was here. Uh, honestly, I think he deserved more credit mm. for what he did and how much he meant to the rotation. Just a consistent dude overall. And one of the better hitters for a catcher that you're going to get in the American League in any league. So it's it's tough to see him go. And I'd say the surprise level was moderate. Not mm -hmm. super high based on the rumors we had heard. But when you saw his face, that that's it just happened so like, quick. It happened so it happened quick, fast. too. It happened it's fast. Like there when you saw his face, there it's like, rumors. Ah, that sucks. There had been rumors like Vasquez is one of the guys. Like you knew he was on the block, but then uh, I, I put my phone down for like two minutes. I walked into a store, grabbed some sunglasses, walked out of the store with my new shades. Here, I'll put them on for you. Yeah, put them on. Yeah, walked out with these bad Larrys, looking like a real doofus. Do you see the side things? They have like the like I'm a fighter oh, pilot. It's pretty good. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, hey ma, look at these. I I bought them. And then pulled out my phone, and it's like, <laughs> Vasquez will walk right down the hall as Boston is in Houston already. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, just like, he's gone. It's great. There, it's, it feels like with every deal this year, it was there was like an hour lead up to it. You know, There was yeah. like a, yeah. okay, Soto and the Padres are getting close. Okay, the Padres have, they've added this. Okay, and then, okay, it's finalized. Here it is. Vasquez, not yeah. to say, obviously, I understand they're different caliber trades here, but uh, the Vasquez one just happened. 
It happened. It happened fast. It wasn't ready. It happened fast. And yeah. we'll get into some of these other deals. I just want to read some quotes, though. These are hot off the press uh, from Cora. So this was his reaction after the deadline here. He said, we're good. We're good. And we have a good baseball team. Obviously, we have work to do, but I think we're where we're at as a team. It's not perfect. There's some pieces that got here. Obviously, we traded Christian. That wasn't great on a personal note, but it is a business. Uh, I mean, it's like on New Year's, on New Year's Eve, three, two, one fireworks. We got a phone call and here we go. There's a lot of excitement for how down we were yesterday. There's a lot of people excited in the clubhouse, keeping some of these guys to make a push. So I think the general vibe is like, all right, now we know. We know what the team is. By the way, Rafael Devers is back tonight. <laughs> I think that's yeah, how about like that? <laughs> super underrated with all of this, that Rafi is back. But, you know, the, co- uh, the Vasquez news, I think, mattered the most because of the impact it had on the clubhouse. Now, there is mm-hmm. that added reassurance that... It's not a fire sale, that it was just Vasquez and Diekman. Am I missing anybody else that, that went out? Jay I think Groom. That was, and, and, and Jay Groom. Yeah, but that's it, right? I believe, uh, believe that's it. And, and pro- some, some prospects going here, there, some cash considerations. Mm-hmm. But essentially, Major League guys, it was Vasquez and Diekman. And you got back Tommy Pham. You got back Eric Hosmer. You got back some prospects, obviously, for Christian Vasquez. And Reese McGuire. Reese McGuire. So there's, I mean, it's one of the more interesting deadlines, honestly, in a long time. I think we expected more moves, myself included. I think I expected some more yeah. moves. But overall, there was still action. League-wide, I expected more, too. The Soto deal was just like so much bigger than everything else that it was hard. That I could know. have been the biggest trade ever. <laughs> like the fact that it's not that crazy to say that could have been the biggest trade in league history at the deadline is like, okay, well, everything else is going to seem a little minor compared to that. But um, yeah. coming up next, Joey, we will talk about the Hosmer deal, dive a little deeper into the contract situation and the implications it has on not just this year's team. But the team's coming up here. That is next on episode 41 of Inside the Monster. We are back on episode 41 of Inside the Monster. It is the Chris Sale episode. It is all trade deadline reaction. Eric Hosmer is a member of the Boston Red Sox. He was traded essentially for Jay Groom. Sox get a couple of prospects back as well. The San Diego Padres are paying his entire contract. They're paying it all, Joey. What? <laughs> They're spending everything. Yeah, explain why, Steve, and how. Because they got Juan Soto, and they're like, we need to get rid of Eric Osmer, <laughs> and he has a no trade to the Nats. How interesting was that whole thing, right? Like, the, the yeah. Soto deal goes down. And then Heyman had a tweet. I actually really, I want to see the tweet. This tweet made me laugh. There's so many tweets that go out there on deadline day where you're like, what the hell was that? Uh, So Heyman, this is after everyone's like, oh, Soto deal done. You know, a bunch of prospects going back, yada, yada. And the question came up, if you're watching MLB Network, of is Eric Hosmer included in this deal? And John Heyman said, Eric Hosmer has been notified he's in the agreed upon deal. 
He has a no trade clause and hasn't consented yet. Belief is they will figure this out, however, one way or another. Kind of hilarious to be told Which, you're in a deal when you have a no trade clause to that team. Hey, you're in no, a deal. No, no, shut no, up. no, you're not. <laughs> shut up. You're in the deal. Shut up. Shut up. You're getting no, you, no, 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 no. The Nats were on your list of teams okay. you'll go to. Shut up. You're going. We're getting Soto. You stop talking. So Counterpoint, that whole thing was pretty I'm not awkward. Gonna go. It's it's yeah. so fun. I love that there was like a 20 minute span where people are like, "Do you think Hosmer might reject this? Do you think Hosmer doesn't want to go to the Washington Nationals? What do yeah. you think he's gonna do? Hmm. I don't know. Let's say if it was you or I, would you want to play for the Washington Nationals today? Would you want to go and spend what's probably like your last? I don't know how old Eric Hosmer. And I feel like I'm. I'm it's over. I think he's 32. How old. I believe he's 32. 32. Okay. Do I want to go and spend any amount of years playing for the Washington Nationals? Not really. Not really. I love that, though. The people were sitting there thinking, like, is he going to? Uh, I think he's going to. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's going to say no. And sure enough, he says no. Uh, Spear had floated it. Shout out to Alex Spear. He had the initial tweet of, like, don't be surprised if the Red Sox jump in here and try to get a major league first baseman, which they don't, they don't have that on this team. So yeah, the Red Sox get Hosmer. I think it's Joey. One of the biggest reactions I had was how much people are obsessed with having bold takes at the deadline. Like everyone mm-hmm. loves having their, Oh my God, I can't believe this, that this. are they dumb? Like what are they doing? I was like, guys, wait, everybody wait. How much of this contract are the Padres paying? How much are they covering? Now, Hosmer has a player opt-out. He's not going to opt-out. He's guaranteed $39 million over the next three seasons for a guy that obviously did not live up to the contract he signed. I believe it was an eight-year deal uh, with the Padres. But... I'm, I'm, I was still waiting on it. I was like, I, I want to wait to have a take on this and see how much the Padres are. Oh, they're going to pay literally everything. They're going to pay the entire contract. Yeah. So you basically got Eric Hosmer for Jay Groom. And a couple other prospects yep. came over from San Diego. Jay Groom is the sixth-ranked pitching prospect for the Red Sox. A 3.59 ERA this year between AA and AAA. The, basic, uh, the full story on Groom. When they got him in the draft in 16... Uh, they were pretty high on him. A lot of teams were. Sox didn't love how he came to camp uh, condition-wise in 2017. He had Tommy John in 2018. And then this was kind of how SoxProspects.com, phenomenal site. This is how they summed up Jay Groom. Potential up-and-down depth starter. Ceiling of a number five starter. Loss. Oh, I'm losing my voice. <laughs> I'm getting emotional talking, Jay Broom. You got it, Steve. I know. It's tough for all of us, man. Loss of stuff after return from Tommy John surgery and missed development time have drastically changed his projections since he entered the system. Stuff has never returned to pre-surgery levels. So that's what you gave up for Eric Hosmer, a four-time gold glove winner, an actual big league first baseman. Hosmer and Cassis went to the same high school. They have a relationship. It's very believable that they could split the first base duties, the DH duties uh, for the next, who knows, at least year as Cassis makes the transition. And I don't think you can't underrate now 
having a legitimate big leaguer at a position that has had no production for you all season. Now you have How a big league sick. guy with experience at that spot. It's at, How that's good. sick. Dude, your first base went from Bobby and Franchi to pretty much immediately. Let's I'm gonna I'm gonna assume a little bit here and assume that Cassis uh, rears his head. <laughs> that's not what that phrase means. That's not how you use that. <laughs> he just pops <laughs> that out of the dugout. Like, yeah, it usually means somebody's like coming out back in like a bad way. He's going to rear yeah. his ugly head uh, <laughs> in about two weeks. It's like August 20th, August 19th. If you assume that, you just went from Franchi and Bobby to Eric Hosmer and Tristan Cassis at first base. Yeah. That feels good, dude. That feels good. That looks good. And that, like you said, that's you're not talking about two months. You're not even talking about a year. You're probably talking about yeah, well, probably actually about a year, <laughs> maybe two. Yeah, I mean, you're probably but, talking about a year. Yeah, you're probably mean, talking about hey, a year. Hey, <laughs> let's let's be real. Like there is a big chance here for Eric Cosmer at the age of 32 to kind of reestablish himself for mm-hmm. for what he is. Right. I mean, he's best case going to get one more deal in his career and you're now playing in a big market in Boston and you've played in huge games before you obviously won a world series in 15 overall disappointment in San Diego I do care a lot about how the previous fan base looks at a guy once he gets dealt and Padres fans were so fine with him being gone so that's obviously not the best sign but defensively seems like league average uh, his outs above average is zero, ranks 100th in Major League Baseball. Bobby Dahlbeck, for comparison, is minus six, which is last in Major League Baseball. Franchi Cordero, minus one. That's ranks 128th. So he's obviously not a great defender, but he's a major league first baseman that has mm-hmm. a little bit of pop and is hitting, what, 272. And a little bit of no I'll take Can it. throw the ball right to the bag, catch yeah. the ball right in his mitt. Yeah. I he's like he's a real baseball player at the big league level and has a career average at Fenway of 354. Can I can I say this, Steve? Say it. As stoked as I am to have a first baseman and as stoked as I am to have some outfield help, I can't help but feel like these didn't need to be deadline moves. Like, these have been especially first base has been a hole for a while. It's been very obvious. That's you're that's saying one what make like, a deal like a month or two ago. How often does that happen yeah. though? It doesn't happen often when you have a need in a team that you think can compete minus this pretty drastic hole where like two guys are, are really trying their darndest and really aren't getting the no, job I done. I, I think the question that I have is like, what if the Hosmer thing didn't happen? Right? Like what if Hosmer said, yeah, I'll go to DC would the Red Sox have gotten another first baseman? Personally, oh, I hope. Jesus. I mean, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I hope. Because if, if – all right, let's, let's look at it this way. If the Red Sox didn't get Hosmer, I don't think mm-hmm. I would have hated dealing J.D. and Evaldi. Like, I don't – if they didn't get – if they didn't actually get a first baseman, I don't think it would have been a terrible idea to be like, you know what we're selling, and we're not going to get a first baseman, we're not going to get a bunch of bullpen help, like there's not going to be some added starter – I think that wouldn't have been a terrible way to go about it, but I also don't hate this. I don't. I don't hate what happened. That's why. That's why this is a little confusing. That's why a lot of people, and I'm looking at the replies you guys sent. 
A lot of C pluses, B minuses as well from the listeners. I think there's a lot of layers to this. And if the Hosmer, you know, Soto, if that all madness didn't happen, I guess we'll never know. But I would be curious to know if they would have gone out and got a first baseman. Maybe not. I don't know, dude. That would have. <laughs> that would have left a pretty sour taste in my mouth if you only oh, moved yeah. Vasquez. If you got only Tommy moved Pham. Vasquez, kept JD, <laughs> you're like, we got Tommy Pham, we got Reese McGuire. Yeah. You guys are we ready for the intro press conference? The Hosmer one's go. interesting. There, there yeah, is that does really move I, the I, needle now that you say it like that. No, I know, but like the Hosmer move, I appreciate how it has Red Sox fans feeling about thirty different ways. Like there's. Eric Hosmer has a big opportunity here to either shut some people up or prove some people right, <laughs> right? Like, I, I think there's a real chance that either of those happens, and I don't have a great feel on which one it is. I was going to ask. You don't, you're not leaning either way? If I water balloon over my head, it would be yeah. similar to what people say. It's like, eh, he's and defensively underwhelming at the plate for what you expect. I think the odds are favor that, but... You can't underrate a change of scenery in a team that just said, we don't want you, and we're willing to just kind of toss you out the door after they signed you to do a big deal. Like, there's there's something to be said about, okay, Sox like, yeah, no, we, we'll take you here. Like, we need you. Please play well for us. And here's this huge fan base that genuinely cares. The majority of them want to make the postseason. Here's a chance. Here's a legitimate chance at the age of 32 to reestablish your worth. Now let's see if it happens. I think that's kind of... That's how he's going to treat it, yeah. at least. They're not similar in age, but do you kind of get, like, Kinsler-level energy from this? Like, No, oh, I, yeah, a little higher. A little higher. A little yeah. higher. Kinsler was later. Yeah, Kinsler was later in the career. It's, it's yeah. It would be higher Very than Kinsler. Career, it, would, but. it would be... I don't think it's too dissimilar from, like, I don't want to say Moreland because he's obviously better defensively. Um, he also became like such a fan favorite. Like it's I know, tough to I know. compare. I'm not counting that out. Better Hosmer than he cares. Was, you know? Like I'm not counting out that Hosmer's gonna embrace Boston. Like I'm not counting mm-hmm. that out at all. He seems like a very passionate dude that just wants to be welcomed somewhere, and ideally that's here. But I gotta mm-hmm. say, Joey, I was I was just looking it up. It hit me like, oh, I wonder what his numbers are at Fenway. It's just like I this is uh, it's not really being talked about. You know, wonder. Wonder what his numbers are. The fact that he's hitting 354 in his career at Fenway Park. Let me get some more numbers here. Fenway Park, 24 games. He's hitting 354, 889 OPS. He's got three homers, 17 RBIs at Fenway in 24 games, which is good. So That does sound good. We'll see, man. We'll see. There's The Hosmer thing can go one of two ways, and we're going to know pretty quickly which way it goes. But... We're almost done with our trade deadline reactions. We have a little bit left after this quick break. All righty, we are back. Episode 41 of Inside the Monster. This is a full trade deadline reaction show. A couple more reactions from the listeners. We asked, what are your thoughts on what the Red Sox did? The pitchers have to love the Hosmer edition. 1B defense has been abysmal, says Mark. Tim says, would have looked at Rodone to help the rotation and an arm for the pen. But hey, 
you can't have it all, right? <laughs> That's pretty good. Patrick, love JD, but surprised he's still on the team. Strong dislike Bobby, Franchi, and Duran. Would have liked to see value there. It's a very mixed bag, man. It's a very mixed bag. Love bringing Hosmer here for next to nothing. We'll see how that pans out. So, yeah, I mean, it's mixed bag of reactions. I think there is now room, like I mentioned earlier, for the new guys to be like, hey, look, I can do some stuff. Like, I'm I'm not terrible. And that combined with Rafi being back, the Trevor Story news, obviously not great, but getting your rotation depth back and other bullpen guys looking good is something. Last thing we want to talk about, Joey, mm-hmm. is Jake Diekman is gone. Jake Diekman... <laughs> When I saw that, oh, kingdom. when I saw Jake Deepen was gone, I was so pumped. Like, I just, it's not just the walk-up song. Imagine being so upset just yeah, because no, this walk-up song isn't a thing. No. I just, I know we play, we play the vibe test on here a lot mm-hmm. of like, how do you feel about insert player here? Like, put stats aside. How do you feel mm-hmm. about this guy? And... I think what summed up my thoughts on Jake Diekman was what he did Saturday at Fenway against the Brewers. He comes in in the eighth inning. It's a one-run game. Red Sox have clawed back. One-run game. He plunks the eight-hitter. He walks the nine-hitter, and he throws a wild pitch, so both guys advance. He gets Yelich to strike out. Brazier comes in, immediately gives up a run. They immediately fall out of contention of that game. It was... They went and deep I, and in like, Brazier Sawamura in that I know, game. I know. But you like saw it coming. You saw it coming. Yeah. That's what sucked is like, oh, no, not Teekman. I have Red Kingdom. Like, no, no. And sure enough, he was terrible. And just yeah. frequently unreliable. Would walk in. so Not necessarily walking in guy. He would walk so many guys. His control was awful. He plunked guys. He just looked like out there, he's just kind of slinging it. I don't know. It just kind of looked like, ah, whatever. We'll just try this out. Like, I don't feel like he ever had much of a plan out there. And the Jake Diekman experience is over, which Some I also just heard like about. zero positive things in general. I don't think I ever heard. Never positive. heard a good thing about him. No, never heard a good thing. As far as like, so. yeah, like clubhouse stuff, media stuff, teammate stuff. Never one was like, oh, no, but dude, like he's like a he's like a good guy. Like he takes guys out for lunch like all the time. And, like never any of that, you know? Yeah. Which like usually happens when you bring up like I a don't guy, think the like, clubhouse sucking. was all. I don't think the clubhouse was all beat up about it. I don't think they're all no. super bummed that, that Jake Diekman is gone. Um, So, yeah, Diekman's out the door. And this is the team you have. This is the Red Sox team you have. So overall, kind of a mixed bag of emotions. I think the Hosmer thing is going to be very interesting. This is a guy that's definitely not going to opt out. So you basically have three years of control for free. Oh, for Jake Room. So yeah, for free. And now it's like, here you go, buddy. This is an opportunity for you. The Padres didn't want you. They were going to throw you in a Soto deal, even though you had a no trade to the Nats. And now you have a chance to perform at, you know, a decent level for a team that's trying to make the postseason. I think it matters a lot to JD and Evaldi that they get to close out their Red Sox 10 years potentially on their terms. They're not just getting traded away with two months left. I think that matters. Cora is insanely competitive. I'm sure he would have wanted more bullpen arms, a starter, yada, yada. But now it's kind of, okay, a lot of people doubt us. We got a couple of pieces. We lost one of the biggest clubhouse guys we have. 
Now it's like, here you go. You got two months. You're three games back. You get your best player, one of the best players in Major League Baseball back on Tuesday. The the year's in front of you. Now you know who's going to be here. What are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. Yeah. I think the players should feel a little infusion of hope from Heim. Yeah. That he did a little, choose a to little. add. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, he... He did say like this is this is the club we want to move forward with and like this is the guys that we uh, um, think can take us to the postseason. He had a quote uh, since we've been sitting here. Um, Alex Spears throwing out about fifty five tweets since we sat down. <laughs> um, they are going to be. Uh, we we think we have the talent here. Oh, he's talking about the bullpen. He's talking about the bullpen, saying like basically saying I just think like we can get better stuff out of these guys. I don't think that we we uh, needed to give up all too much. I guess asking prices were high. Um, he talked about FaceTiming with or getting on a Zoom with Vasquez yesterday. That's super not ideal, but super not ideal. He had a couple a couple other quotes here though. I'm seeing simply put, I do think we have a chance to make a run. I know what the standings are. I know what the odds are. Anyone who feels like this team could have made a run a few days ago should still feel that way. I agree. We do think we have the talent here to have more consistent results in the pen than we've had in the past. So it's I genuinely I don't think Himes just BSing. Like I genuinely think he's giving these guys a chance to make a run. If they really think they can do it, then go for it. But he didn't make any drastic moves that are going to impact the future of this team. Now this offseason is huge. I mean to he say He did the put least. the pressure on himself in a big way. Yeah. He did. He did. I think Haim, mm-hmm. Haim now has put a ton of offseason pressure on himself. And we'll see how that goes. Lineup card just came out. Tommy Pham playing tonight in left field. Nice. Playing, bat Love in second. Love to see that. Hey, Check let's that wrap out. this puppy up then. Let's get this puppy out there, all right? Uh, Joey, final closing thoughts here. I think this is a, a B-minus deadline, and I think everything is in front of this Red Sox team to try to make a run this year. The future has not really been impacted that much. Yeah, uh, I thank you, Christian. Awesome, awesome thank you, Christian. memories Christian I'm going to have for a Christian long time. Uh, that Instagram post, dude. There were two lines in that that I I'm not afraid to say I teared up. I, I did when he said, <laughs> "I'll hear your cheers in my heart forever." I was like, Is this <laughs> "Poetry," and then like as he wrapped it up at the end, he said like. Like and take this message as me telling you I'm leaving a big piece of my heart here in Boston. Like, yeah. what the hell is going on here, dude? Just like, dude, dude seemed ripped up, and his family was also on Twitter just saying like, how you know, vocalizing how sad they were about him leaving Boston. Dude loved it here. We loved him here. So thank you, Christian. He didn't want to go. I don't think the teammates wanted him to go. It's a tough one. Hey, that's the trade deadline. It sucks. Losing a guy, a clubhouse guy that you love, is not easy. I'm thankful for that walk-off against the Rays. That was prime Rally Cups time. Had the costume on. Was just shoving Reese's in my face. Everybody had the Reese's going. And uh, he had thrown me a ball right before that. And I'll just say that he, he saw the Reese's costume. He's like, I'm throwing, I'm throwing Steve a ball. I'll just, I'll just say that's what it was. And uh, then he hits a bomb. And that was one of the coolest moments at Fenway ever. So shout-out to Christian Vasquez. You're the man. And we are not counting out that he could be back. He could be back. Could be back. We are going to do a series recap episode after this Astros series. But until then, for Joey Capone, I'm Steve Peralt. Go Sox game.
Inside the Monster is a production of Odyssey in partnership with the Boston Red Sox. The show is produced by me, Steve Peralt. Our executive producer is Lena Glazer, mixing and video editing by Joey Capone. Special thanks to the Red Sox and Major League Baseball for their contributions to the production of this podcast. Mm-hmm.